welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. As we start uh, this morning, um, I, I was given this word in a dream actually um, last week and it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I thought, hang on, that, that, you want me to talk on that? Okay, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll, I'll share on it from John chapter 4. And so what I share today is something that came to me about a week ago. And um, it's a passage that most of us, if not all of us, will be familiar with um, in John chapter 4. And it's a really interesting uh, conversation and an interaction between Jesus and this woman. It's, it's a woman that um, you, you'll see pretty soon she's a bit of a desperate housewife um, she's been a housewife a number of times in fact she's living in a situation now that, that would be very much frowned upon Jesus has this interaction with her we we find out actually deep down she, she would be a very broken woman but Jesus does something very incredible with her and we're going to read a passage today it's quite a chunk so if you're with me why don't you get your Bibles out John chapter 4 we're going to start off at around about verse 5 and go through together uh, for the children at the back, and it, what is the title of the sermon today? You've got to write this one down in the little box. It's, What Does God Want? What Does God Want? Verse 5. So Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman from Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to Jesus, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? The Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that it is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as he did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Let's pause there for a moment. Let's, let's go over what we've just read before we move on. Jesus was on a journey. Um, he was a Jewish man and he went through a town in Samaria. Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. There was a bit of a, a, a racial feud going on here. And there was racism. There wasn't just racism that was taking place here. Um, there was uh, some social challenges here because there was a woman let alone sexism existed men and women just didn't talk in the middle part of the day but there was a woman that was in a situation you'll read in a moment 
where uh, in the middle part of the day, she didn't draw water earlier when most women did. She would go in the middle part of the day uh, because women didn't want to be around her. The hottest part of the day, at around about noon. Jesus is there and he goes, there were three, three ways to get to Jesus' destination. He chose the path that most Jews would not. The Jewish Jesus would go and he would sit beside the well waiting for this no-named woman. Watch this in verse 6. Weary as he was from his journey, he was sitting beside the well. He was sitting beside the well. If you're taking notes, write this down. That God is waiting for us to give him our attention. Notice that Jesus sat by the very thing that was holding the woman's attention. She was there for the well. She was there for the water, in fact. She was a thirsty woman in more ways than one. She was there to get some water as she was thirsty because that was getting her attention. And Jesus sat by the very thing that was holding her attention. My question for you, brothers and sisters, is what is holding your attention? What's holding your attention in life right now? Where do you go to get a drink when you're thirsty? For this woman, uh, she went to relationships, to men. What is it for you? Is it relationships? Maybe it's not. Is it, what do you do when, you, when you're feeling down and out, when you're when you're lacking, do you, do you go to the bottle? Do you go to another addictive pattern? Do you go on a shopping spree? <laughs> what do you do when you're thirsty? We all do it. Do you just go and binge watch on TV? Is that, is that what you do to, to get your drink? Do you just throw yourself into work and that's how you... You feel better. You, you get your feel. I've just got to work more. I'll do more. I'll achieve more. Maybe it's not one of those things. Maybe it's social media. Maybe you go to that unhealthy relationship that for someone that just gives you that quick little fix. What is it for you? And I wonder if just like in the situation there with the woman, Jesus is waiting there, sitting by your well. What is your well? I was challenged this last week as I'm meditating on this. What is my well? Where do I get my drink? What's holding my attention? It's not just that Jesus is pointing at you if you're drinking from a wrong well. He's sitting beside it. He's actually there. You know, he's with you in every moment. He's there and he's waiting for some attention. That's the first thing he's waiting for. He just wants us to give some attention to him. As we read on, we can see Jesus says to her, 
everyone who drinks of this water from the well will go thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 15, really interesting. The woman said to Jesus, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Verse 16, then Jesus said to her, go call your husband. Here's, here's that, uh, the, the, the conversation. It starts to escalate a little bit here. Go get your husband and come here. He starts to get honest. With her. He starts to go a little bit deep. This is what God's willing. God is willing for us to go deeper with him. You know that, don't you? All of a sudden, we're moving from, hey, let's talk about um, having a drink of water. And all of a sudden, let's go straight to the heart. Go get your husband. And he gets uh, gets interesting response. Verse 17, the woman says, I have no husband, Jesus said to her. You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you've said is true. Okay, so we can see now why she's going to get water in the middle part of the day. You, you, You can see now she's a bit of a social outcast but Jesus doesn't care too much about that he goes and he addresses her he's he's getting real with her and God will get real with you sometimes has God ever gotten real with you before has he pointed something I was sitting it's about 6 30 this morning I'm sitting on my lounge room chair I've got my iPad open I've got my worship music on and um, I've got one of my children comes and sits next to me I won't say her name but she was seven and she was sitting right next to me, and she, she decided to get real honest with me. She goes, why have you got so many wrinkles? I said, oh, you gorgeous thing. She says, why have you got crow's feet? <laughs> oh, you are so honest and true. <laughs> Has God ever... Um, spoken to you quite straight like that, quite honestly like that? Has ever asked you a very deep question? Sometimes it's not so much um, about the answer that we may give. He's actually just trying to get a little bit deeper. He wants to take the relationship further. And I think that's what's happening here with Jesus and this woman. He, He wants to go a little bit deeper with this woman. And watch what happens. In verse 19, she goes, the woman goes, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. So (laughs) Jesus has a conversation about her relationship, and he puts his finger on the fact that he knows that she's in sin. She's an adulterous woman. She's clearly got some challenges here. Married five times and living in a relationship with a man in the same house where she's unmarried. Jesus puts his finger on this. She truthfully comes forward and she goes, oh my goodness, I perceive you're not just another dude. You're not just a Jewish guy. You're, you're, I perceive that you're a prophet. I perceive that you're a messenger from God. And then, though, she takes a little bit of a sidestep. She doesn't still talk to Jesus 
about it. She goes, hey, I'll tell you what. Hey, Jesus, I want to ask you about worship now. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. This actually happens more often than not where we try to distract an otherwise potentially uncomfortable conversation. Be it with people or even with God. Sometimes we can do that. We can distract ourselves. Have you ever been in worship before? You're enjoying time with God. And all of a sudden, he points something to you. Or he might give you an attitude to work through. Perhaps it's somebody to forgive. And, and what do you do? Oh, I've got to do something. I, I better change my mind. I better. You, you, you might be holy enough, better than me, to do something about it. But sometimes in our hearts, it's, it, it, it can be a little bit too confronting. So we might like to sidestep that and think about something else, pick up our phone, uh, uh, check on the kids, uh, say hello to somebody. Maybe that happens to you in prayer. I don't know. Maybe that happens to you at home and, and you're confronted and the Lord is putting his finger on something. It often doesn't just happen in worship on a Sunday because God does speak beyond a two-hour window. You understand that, don't you? Sometimes it's when I'm out walking the dog. Sometimes it's when I'm putting my weed killer on the weeds at home. I won't tell you what weed killer I'm using. Oh, it's all healthy. It's vinegar. Don't worry. <laughs> and judge me. Sometimes it's in the most inconvenient moments and the Lord puts his finger on something and I have an opportunity then. Will I do something with it or will I allow my heart to be distracted from it? But he's willing always for us to go deeper with him. Verse 21 though, Jesus actually humors her. She she tries to keep it uh, on an act. She gets distracted with an academic conversation now. We're going from a, a deeper revelation moment to an academic one, one about a place of worshipping. And so Jesus doesn't go back. In fact, he doesn't address the sin anymore. He just wants her to know that he knows. He leaves it and then he engages with her at an academic level. He says, okay, um, our fathers worshipped on, uh, she says, our fathers, fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people are to worship. Jesus then says, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking. Everyone say that word seeking. Seeking such people to worship Him. And this is the bit that jumped out of me in that dream. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. So we first of all understand that God is waiting for us to give Him our attention. Also that He is willing for us to go deeper with him, but finally, that he is wanting for us to offer him true worship. True worship. The Samaritan woman's referring to 
Mount Gerizim. And talking to a Jewish man who believes in worshipping from Jerusalem, she's having a conversation asking, where do we worship? Jesus then says, hang on, it's not just about the where, it's the how. And then we move from the how to the who. He says, listen, the hour is coming and it's actually right now. The time to worship, to give God your everything, not just to sing Kumbaya. It's not, we don't see anyone on the keys here when they're talking about worship. No one's on the harp. Worship is a life. It's, it's, it's not just something that comes from the lips. It comes from the heart. And this is what he says, the hour is coming now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. God is wanting for us to offer him true worship. What does God want? He wants for us to offer true worship. We've got to stop the cap. We've got to stop the surface level. We've got to stop the lip service. He wants something that's true and authentic. Something. It says God is spirit and those who worship him worship in spirit and in truth. God is, why does Jesus say this? Why does he say that? God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we worship God the spirit by the Spirit, in the Spirit. God's Spirit, God's precious Holy Spirit is the one that prompts us, He provokes us, He empowers us, He enables us to worship God. How often does the Holy Spirit knock on the doors of our hearts and He says, now is the time to worship. Not just with your lips, but with your lives. Now, this is how I want you to worship God. I want you to love your neighbor. This is how I want you to worship. I want you to feed that person. This is how I want you to worship. I want you to lay hands on that person. This is how I want you to worship. I want you to forgive that person. This is how I want you to worship. I want you to serve that person. It's not just limited or confined to this moment on a Sunday, though this certainly is worship. This is a worship service. And when we come together regularly, something powerful happens. But we are missing the mark if we think that worship starts and stops in this building. And God is calling for us to be true in our worship. This word came through in prayer without them knowing the word was uh, authenticity. Your heavenly Father wants authenticity. Do you know how challenged I was when I was chewing on this? I'm like, oh Lord, I... I think that there's, that, that there's a bit of fakeness that sometimes rears its head in my heart from time to time. Am I the only one? And we deceive ourselves sometimes. Sometimes it's unintentional that we do it. God wants us to be real with Him. He wants us to get real. Turn to your neighbor and say, get real, would you? Some of you were saying that with a bit too much gusto. <laughs> John, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8. 
Verse 8 and 9, this people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Let's look at verse 8. This people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Have you ever been guilty of that? I have. What my heavenly father, he's so good. He, he invites us. He calls for us to be truthful with him. Just come as you are. Be real with me. I love you as you are. Check this woman out, right? This was a broken woman. She was broken. And our father loves worship so much. He wants us to worship and give him the adoration, the honor that is due to him so much that he uses a broken outcast to illustrate how good he is and what he can do with anybody. He turned this woman's life around. And in, in this passage, we see he went through this town for this one woman. This woman was so impacted. She, she went there for water. <laughs> Let's read on, right? This is amazing. Verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. He gives a revelation of himself. Then it says, just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Let's go down to verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. Isn't that so cool? This no-named social outcast of an adulterous woman that everyone looked down upon, didn't want to be around. God touched her heart, turned her around. She came to a well to draw water. What happened to a water bucket, by the way? She left her water bucket right there. We just read it. She left her water bucket behind and she left and she couldn't help but tell people about the Messiah. God had really touched her. See, once you've really had a taste of the living water, you're not going to need a bucket anymore, are you? <laughs> because now the well was within her. She had encountered the Holy Spirit through the Son of God. Oh my goodness, I am never going to thirst again. And what did she do then? She goes and she tells people about Jesus. And many people were saved. She, we know her to be the first woman evangelist. What would she have been before then? A nobody? One of the last? The least? The lost? Not even a Jew. A Samaritan. And God shows His loving grace and he comes down as he does. He stoops, he sits, he waits for the attention of this woman. 
He waits for her. He wills to go deeper with her. And then he wants for true worship and he gets it. He turns this rotten sinner into a true worshiper who then saves so many people. We know that God is seeking, He's looking for true worshippers. We just read that. What's God doing? What's His work? It's looking for true worshippers. That's what He's looking for. He's on the lookout for true worshippers. We can read in that passage, Jesus says, when asked by His disciples, you're hungry, you get no food, what? He goes, hey, my food is to do the will of my Father, the work of my Father. What was Jesus doing? He was doing the work of His Father, looking for worshippers. He looked for this woman. So God right now still is looking for those that worship truthfully. In spirit. In truth. I want to just take a few moments now to get real with God and I want to uh, I wonder if we can just make some space for him and consider in our hearts where are our lives of worship where are we where are we frauds where are we fake? Where are we hiding? Where are we living under a rock of shame or of guilt or maybe giving excuses for why we can't love more, live more, learn more from God? Romans 12 is a commonly referenced verse. Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual worship. So what is spiritual worship? If we're to worship in spirit and in truth, we know that Jesus himself is the person of truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We see Jesus confront this woman in truth, and he says, I want truthfulness too. What is worship that is spiritual? This is what it says. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. As a living sacrifice. He doesn't want you dead. He wants you to be alive. But as you're alive, He wants you to be dead at the same time. He wants you to be dead to your way of living, your way of being right. He wants you to be dead from being God of your own life. And He's saying, let me do it. I, I, I formed you. I know you. I know you better than you do. Give me the keys to the car. I'll drive the car better than you. Give me the keys to the home. I, I know how to run the home better than you do. Let, let me rearrange the furniture. Let me work some things out. But you've got to let me do it. And we are called, we are 
by Paul, he says, I appeal to you by the mercies of God to present yourselves living sacrifices, holy, blameless. Would you stand with me, please? What does God want? He wants us to get real with Him. He wants us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.